Episode 22 Grace in the Eyes of the Lord Genesis 6 verses 5 to 13 Grace is getting what we do not deserve. In this episode, we'll see that in a world full of evil, one man was given grace. His story is an amazing one on many levels, and hidden within the text itself is a pattern which centers on the fact that we are not forgotten by God. Even when the world is collapsing around us, He is there. Genesis 6 verses 5 to 13 shows us God's great displeasure at the wickedness of man and his judgment on their sins. Unfortunately, in order to see and understand God's grace, there has to be a context in which that grace can be viewed. Even in the midst of a world full of desperately confusing tragedies like earthquakes or disease, God is in control and is working out a wonderful plan. The image of God in humans is marred, but humans can cooperate with God. Depravity in fallen man is extensive, but not intensive. Sin extends to every dimension of our being, including the body. We age, wrinkle up and die because of it. Our nature is sinful, and also the will. We often do things we don't really want to do because sin pulls us to the wrong option, even when we know it's wrong. Verse 5 then. The Lord saw that the human beings on the earth were very wicked. He also saw that their thoughts were only about evil all the time. After only 1,550 years of man on earth, things had degraded to such an extent that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. But even more terrible than the actual state of things was that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In other words, not only the imagination of the people was wicked, but the purposes and desires of them were too. God judges sin. When the cup of his indignation is full, the only option left is for man to drink the fruit of the vine he has cultivated. Verse 6 The Lord was sorry he had made human beings on the earth. His heart was filled with pain. God being sorry doesn't presume any change in him or his intent. The Bible uses a human term and applies it to God so that we can understand his feeling towards sin. It is his very nature being expressed in a way we can comprehend. Verse 7 So the Lord said, I will destroy all human beings that I made on the earth, and I will destroy every animal and everything that crawls on the earth. I will also destroy the birds of the air. This is because I am sorry that I have made them. When God says, I will destroy man. The Bible uses a term which is comparable to wiping a dish clean or erasing a chalkboard. Verse 8. But Noah pleased the Lord. Destruction is coming, but in the midst of it, God remembers his faithful children. And this isn't just a story about the past. It is relevant to us right now, today. Verse 9. This is the family history of Noah. Noah was a good man. He was the most innocent man of his time. He walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. Noah was a man of faith. 
He was waiting for the Messiah who would come. And he believed this despite the wicked state of the world around him. Of all the people on the earth at that time, he was the only man of faith. It is faith which brings us into a close walk with God, and faith is an act of free will. Noah possessed this faith, and the very next recorded thought is that Noah walked with God. Verse 11. People on earth did what God said was evil. Violence was everywhere, and God saw this evil. All people on the earth did only evil. In contrast to Noah, in the previous three verses, the corrupt state of the rest of the people of the world was evident. Verse 13. So God said to Noah, People have made the earth full of violence, so I will destroy all people from the earth. The entire world was to be destroyed. If Noah didn't find grace in the eyes of the Lord, there would have been no you or me. And when this world rushes into the coming tribulation period that the Bible speaks of, very few will come out at the other end. Isaiah writes about what's coming. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. I will make man scarcer than pure gold. Noah's great-grandfather Enoch walked by faith and was translated directly to heaven. In 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12, Paul tells us that we should also live good lives for God. It is God who calls you to his glorious kingdom. Two chapters later, Paul gives us immensely exciting news for those who will be alive at some unknown point in the future. We believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. So, because of Jesus, God will bring together with Jesus those who have died. What we tell you now is the Lord's own message. We who are living now may still be living when the Lord comes again. We who are living at that time will be with the Lord, but not before those who have already died. The Lord himself will come down from heaven. There will be a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And those who have died and were in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are still alive at that time will be gathered up with them we will be taken up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and we will be with the Lord forever. Noah was carried through the flood in an ark. Enoch was taken directly to heaven and the other eight people from Adam to Noah died before the flood. All of them were saved from God's judgment of the flood. The parallel for us is this. Some Christians, the majority, will die naturally before the Lord comes. But there will be some alive before the tribulation who will be translated at the rapture 
just as Enoch was. After that moment, the time of tribulation will come. But Israel, like Noah, will be carried through that time, just as Noah was carried through the flood. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are not in any way able to please God with our works. The works we do are good, but because sin infects us, they are unacceptable to God. The sin must be dealt with first. The cup of God's wrath, which is filled to overflowing with the sins of our lives, was drained by an innocent lamb so that we could have eternal life. Now we have one of two choices. The first is to accept the payment he accomplished on our behalf. Or the second is to meet God face to face on our own merits. The choice is ours and the choice is an eternal one. The cup is an angry mixture of judgment and condemnation. Choose wisely. Just as Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, the last words of the Bible offer us the same blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Hallelujah and Amen. <laughs>